from the 7.30 The Game studios in Uptown Charlotte. Welcome to the second Yellow Soccer Show. 7.30 The Game, your place for all things Charlotte. Now the host, here's Jason Bailey and Brad Barnett. Matthew, the big red beard barometer. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. The beer's not as big as it used to be, uh, but I, I think I'm still still doing well. I forget how these... Uh, how this podcast thing works, but hopefully, uh, hopefully it goes well. That's like riding a bike. You'll you'll be fine. You'll get right back on it. So, we are um, just talking U.S. Men's National Team. Play a little Ecuador match, and you are our American experts. Oh yeah, we're, we're bringing you in. All right. Well, this is uh, you know Greg Barhalter's essentially, I guess, first real. Group yep. that he's brought in, you know, the, the January camp is not necessarily taken too seriously, but this was the first group. Were you surprised by any players that were left off? Uh, no, I think some of the folks and the younger guys um, uh, that were left off, they, they think they came out and explained why um, they were left off. So I think it was, it was just good communication to make sure there, there wasn't that, um, that the, the, the freak out that often comes or has come in the past with that call-up list. But overall, I think it was pretty um, pretty standard, pretty expected um, in terms of, of guys who were, who were uh, available and on the roster. All right. Well, I am recording this from a hotel room in Savannah. And apparently, I'm in the flight pattern for some sort of military helicopter. So if you heard that in the background, you know, apologies, but whatever. Um, yeah, so Josh Sargent, Timothy Weah were the two big names in my mind yeah. that were left off. But I'm okay with that. You know, let them. Let them keep getting their minutes with uh, Celtic and Werder Bremen and, you know, work their way up. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody in front of them for the national team today impressed too much. So, you know, they'll yeah. get their chances in time. So Yeah, yeah there, there, there are many shouts for uh, Zardens to be placed with to, – to be re- replaced by Sarge. I think I, that's probably the eventual plan uh, by anybody. But I think right now, to your point, both those guys are – um, just trying to get things figured out in their club situation, so let them do that, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be fine here until then. So, all right. Well, I watched this match from the American Outlaw Savannah Bar, which um, apparently have no members because I was the only one. Else. <laughs> but I bring that up to say I didn't have any audio, so I have no idea what the commentators were saying or even the atmosphere yeah. at yeah. the match. But I took some notes, you know, on my phone just so we have something to kind of go off of here. Yeah. In the first half. I wrote down that we had three chances. One of those was actually uh, Jordan Morris being offside. And in the second half, I didn't write down anything as far as chances until the deflected goal. Is that a fair representation of this match? Basically, we didn't allow any good chances, and we created three? Yes. Um, I think where the, 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 the first half, where I think that the, the best um, kind of combination play where it ended up, I think it was back and forth with Zardes and somebody else, and it ended up getting being crossed to uh, Ariola. He had a he had a probably, I think a yes, uh, yep, yeah, that was the second big chance. Was, yeah, and that that was probably the the best chance of the game, including the goal, um, in terms of of, of probability of going in, and he just missed that. Uh, but but I think that the build up to that was nice. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's I have some notes here as well. That's kind of one of the things is yeah, we had we had a lot of the ball able to kind of move the ball around some of the possession that's obviously Berhalter is focused on. Um, but in terms of 
creating chances. There, there, there was a, a lack of chances created uh, based on the, I guess, the, the volume of possession we had. So I think that's one of the things that we can look to, to, to focus on is, is being able to then kind of connect the dots is yes, have the ball. There was some good continuity with guys. And so first game together, as you mentioned for a lot of that first game together, but first game together under Burhalter for a lot of these guys um, that they, for it being their first game, I think there was, there, there was that, um, kind of the, some of the, the, the back and forth passing, uh, which was kind of encouraging to see, but it, it did kind of sputter out, out at the end um, once we got closer to actually creating a chance. And so I'll probably, I'm guessing there, there are certain steps kind of a part of that, hey, here is keep the possession, and then we can look to kind of be more creative um, once that possession is kind of leading to more chances. But yes, overall, to long way of answering your question, there, there was a, a, a lack of chances created um, there. Uh, Colin, going back to the offside, the goal that was called um, offside, uh, I think the commentators, I think Twelman and um, uh, uh, Ian Dark, were, were both noted that, hey, maybe he was onside, or at very least maybe just passed, and so maybe letting it go. Um, but I think it, we're going to get those. And so uh, it wasn't a, um obvious onside but it ended up turning out being being okay i think zardes missed the missed the chance and not great for him but it was right yeah yeah and you know the michael bradley haters were excited to see will trap in there and he actually (laughs) kind of spurred on the first chance the uh the ball he played to uh ariola who attempted to square it to zardes who was uh pretty tightly marked by two guys that was not necessarily the best kind of uh creation as a team, but I, I did appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Trap Trap didn't last the entire match. Adam going out in about the 58th minute. I, I think you said you didn't listen to it, but I think they said he picked up a, a, a thigh injury. Okay. Um, so maybe probably just, you know, making sure to be safe. But, yeah, so I think it was due to an injury. But, yeah, um, he played much better than expected. Um, a lot of folks kind of calling for Adams to kind of be in that role, but I think – I think Trap's good to stay there if they're trying to kind of move ahead with this um, Philip Lom right back um, defensive mid kind of role with with Tyler Adams there. So, yeah, and I was uh, watching for that um, that right back who kind of tucks into the defensive midfield yep. area, and it, he yep. didn't do that from the first minute, but it took him a little bit ten fifteen minutes to to start doing that. My concern, and maybe I'm just a little ADD about this, is that. <laughs> um, when he does that, it's not that Tim Ream, the left back, now all of a sudden kind of tucks in and John Brooks, the left center back, becomes Ships, a yeah. center back of the three. They basically kind of kept that two center backs, you know, splitting the the middle with Tim Ream basically on the sideline. And it just kind of created this asymmetrical, unbalanced build out, which, hey, that might be the design, but just kind of looking at it, I'm like, I, why? Like, why isn't um, Brooks sliding all the way to the middle of the field? Why isn't Reem coming in a little bit more? Uh, do you, what do you say? Do you think I'm just being silly about this? No, no, it might be where it's like, hey, this is the first time that, you know, what? I think um, Long was there for, for the January camp. Other than that, his first time guys had played in the system. So I don't know if it's by design to kind of leave that open and kind of stay – where, where they are or because kind of what they're used to or just a lack of kind of willingness to kind of shift um, over accordingly. Um, so I, I think it'll be um, 
interesting. I think it sounds like we're kind of, we kind of think Lima played that same role um, in, in January with kind of the, the, the right back pushing forward. If, if that's going to be kind of what we do, um, it, I think even Ecuador kind of countered it a little bit in the second half, like it, with him pressing forward, there, there is, with, with us not shifting over, there is a massive gap on the, on the right side of, the, of um, our, our defense, kind of seeing how teams can quickly counter and, and break us down there. Again, if we have possession and we're being able to control the ball, not a big deal. But when we do lose possession and Tyler Adams is 75 yards out of position, um, the, there, there wasn't a um, the kind of the, the – uh, ability right now to to adjust and uh, kind of account for for his kind of pushing up there so we'll see um we'll see how that happens and also be interesting again to see how quickly better teams are able to break us down um when that happens i mean maybe maybe it's it would kind of adjust the system a little bit too if, if we're ideally in Concacaf, going to be controlling the ball most of the games and so we'll be able to play with that but as we kind of elevate, do we still kind of are we ever going to be maybe go with a more traditional right back to kind of keep things more structured back there? Um, looking forward to kind of seeing where where that takes us. Yeah, and you know Guardiola kind of did this with Bayern first, and he does it with Manchester City now. But you know, there's kind of a, a twofold reason for it. Um, one, it, a typical right back, you know, thinking about these guys pushing very high and wide, which Yedlin would have done. You know, when yeah. you lose the ball there, you're very, very high up the field. It, it's harder to recover. Whereas if you're starting in the defensive midfield role where Adams is taking up, you're in a position to recover better than that wide, high position. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's the transition phase of it. There's also a good reason why he did it at Byron, which is he had Arian Robin at right forward. And yeah. by Lom kind of coming inside, he kind of dragged – one of those defenders with him, creating more of a one-on-one for Robin. That's yeah. not a strength of Jordan Morris. I mean, he, he's okay playing one v one, but he's not necessarily that guy who was like, essentially, let's isolate him and create a one v one. So, yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I was going to comment on this. Is I didn't think Morris had a good game, and I also don't think Pulisic had a good game because he wasn't able to do what Morris was trying to do. Isolate space and have somebody run at them. More um, uh, Christian is, or is is the best player by far on the team in space running at people. Um, I one of the, uh, the the commentators talked about um, Morris playing kind of that white the right the right winger. Um, same thing he does in Seattle, um, and Christian prefers to play on the left and be able to kind of cut in there. But I think it would maybe suit kind of what, what we're trying to do now is to put Christian on the right side in space and let him run at people. He Morris is more of the kind of the he's more of the tr- traditional four striker. He's not going to run at people from, from outside. Whereas Christian ha- has that ability to do that. So um, I'll be interested to see if they stay with that. Um, I think it's interesting to know that because uh, there there is opportunities there for Pulisic is best when he has space to run at people. He also likes playing out wide, and so putting him out there with one kind of one less defender. Um, I think that's the way to go, but. Um, We'll see kind of how it evolves. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like him central just because if you put him out on the right, he's essentially, unless you're always trying to attack on one side, you're kind of cutting him off from being involved if yes. it goes down the left. So I'm okay with him being in the center. Um, I just don't think Jordan Morse is really cut out for a role where 
he's not getting an overlapping right back. And, you know, McKinney's close enough. He can combine with him. But you really want someone there who can get the ball in a 1v1 situation and attack down the line um, or even be able to cut in and, and put something on frame. So, But you kind of brought up Pulisic. I think that's a very interesting um, point that Berhalter did not play him the entire 90. In fact, they took him off around yeah. the 62nd minute. And I think yeah. that's a great message to send. He did not have a good game. Yeah, We all know he's the most talented player, and he will be the future of the team. But I think that's a great message that Berhalter sent is that, you know, typically it's going to be the other attackers that are going to get sub first in a, in a 0-0 game. But he went for... You know, Trap went off first, which may have been injury-related, but Pulisic was essentially the first choice, you know, sub that Berhalter made and saying, we need to make a change, and you're not getting it done. And I like that. I, I kind of appreciate that. I don't think uh, he bent to, uh, you know, the star player that other managers might have. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be interesting to see if it was tactical or if it was, hey, getting some, keeping him fresh for Tuesday. I don't know what it was, but at the very least, it kind of shows he's not guaranteed a spot. So he has to kind of go out and kind of push. So that's, yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but I think it's good to kind of, you know, see he's giving some other guys opportunities when, when, when Pulisic isn't having his best game. So, yeah. And then when, um, you know, the other kind of thing I put a note was the 68th minute when DeAndre Yedlin came on. It didn't change the shape. It was basically yes. a like for like. Yes. He, he went in for Jordan Morris. And I, I, same thing. I don't think Yedlin is built for this particular get the ball where you're already essentially kind of squared up to the guy. If he is overlapping and he's already got his momentum going, I think that's where he shines. This idea that he can kind of play high and wide, get the ball to his feet, and then run at the guy, I, I, I don't think that's his, his strength. No. no. Yeah, I think yeah, it was because he was at, he was basically playing that front right winger for for when he was in there. I, think, I thought it was interesting from a because I think what McKinney got injured. That's that's a whole other topic we can talk about. I think it was kind of ill advised of, of the challenge she even made. I think he was just frustrated and went up hard and aggressive and he ended up spraining his ankle. That's a whole other thing. Um, I thought he was going to go to right back and we were going to have it be even more for traditional four in the back, but we stuck with Tyler right back. So I think it kind of shows again, if we're going to commit to this system, like we're committing to it and Yedlin's role in this team with that kind of position is lost. And so maybe he's trying to find, okay, he's got the ability. Let's try and up there and see what happens. And obviously it did not work um, today. So it'll be interesting to see kind of moving forward. If, if they hit his role with the team, kind of in this kind of current setup with Adams at right back, kind of that hybrid right back center mid. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see if they're trying to force him to play that, maybe kind of the, the super sub, use take advantage of his speed um, up there. But, but I think there, there are better options in that position um, on the team. So, Well, let's flip it to the other side of the field where uh, Timmy Ream started at yeah. left yeah. back, you know, and he's not – being asked to get up and down the field. Um, So with what it looks like he's being asked, I think he did perfectly fine. I don't think he had any glaring defensive mistakes. But at the same time, is this really the best option we have at left back? I mean, we've been having this discussion for how many years that left back has just been a 
terrible, terrible position for the national team since DeMarcus Beasley was a child. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's a grandfather. Um, but I, I think it is interesting. Well, I think to your point, it's his role wasn't even the traditional left back. It was more of a – it's more basically three in the back. It's basically what it was, kind of shift. They had three in the back that shifted to the left side. That's essentially kind of the 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 his role um, in the in the lineup tonight. So, um, I, I think maybe if if you're committing, if you're going to have Ad, um, Tyler play that position on the left side, you kind of need that stability. And I think Reem has that. No, hey, he's not going to go forward, so we're not going to have two guys back. We're always going to have that three guys back. Yes, it'll be shifted off to the left, but I think that's kind of what was kind of if, if you're going to play. With Adams at right back, you need that more of a rock at left back. Um, kind of basically use the center back moved outside, and I think that's what Reem, Reem offers in that position. Yeah, I think he can fulfill that role. I just wonder if there's a, a more traditional left back that you can say, look, you know, today, don't don't yeah. bomb forward. Um, but, but you're yeah. a left back, so if, you know, as we kind of build up, if you see an opportunity to get forward, you know, we're going to take it because – always essentially kind of keeping those three center backs it does take away the typical numbers that you might have especially just being able to support the left winger like you know essentially um Ariola is just on an island and that's okay I mean he, it's true. he it's actually true. Do, did pretty well I thought so yeah and that's true and it's like because like if you go in saying hey he's gonna play basically a center back out wide and that then their then their right side of, of kind of the, of the opposing team's defense says, Hey, we're only going to have to deal with the, the left winger. He's going to not going to cross, cross the, the, the halfway line. So they can then adjust to overload the right side. And so kind of cancels out the, anything we're trying to do on the right side. So yeah, I think yeah, that's a good point. You, you kind of need that threat. Maybe not kind of every other um, possession, but they're still having the threat there. I think what would be helpful, which Reen doesn't offer right now. And there's another helicopter going by. Lovely. Uh, yeah, I was wondering. That's the third one that's gone by, or maybe it's the same one, just kind of doing circles here. But um, so you know, the game did wrap up with your boy uh, Jassy Zardes getting <laughs> getting on the uh, score sheet. And my question for you is: He and I actually am a no. big fan of his. Um, no. <laughs> the answer is no. So I'll reword <laughs> it then, so you look worse. But no, I'm I'm a fan of Zardes. I think he. he if he is off the bench or a wide player, he brings a lot of energy and, you know, he's a guy who just does things and not necessarily because he's extremely skilled, but he finds a way. Um, Is he the worst center forward you've ever seen start for the U S national team? No, but I'm also trying to think of worse center forwards. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, so it's been Josie for a long time, Bobby Wood yeah. as well. You know, kind of going back, Dempsey spent some time there. Yeah. It's going back a long way where I could kind of pinpoint someone who. Brian Ching? Yeah, but at least like, he, I mean, he, he was, I could go, I could see that. Yeah. Um, Ching had a good career there, you know. You kind of know what you were getting with him. He's a big, big target man. Yeah, so. It was a different goal. Like the goal was to have him be a target man. Connor Casey, another one. Their goal up top oh was yeah. to was to be a target for, not to the the Jossie's role. Kind of I mean, obviously, he has the luxury of of, of um, having 
you know, Berhalter being his coach with Columbus, but he kind of knows what he wants to kind of check into the ball. He had some good one twos tonight, which was commentators yeah. called it out. Like that's, but that's three, four years ago. That's not who Jossie was. Jossie was more of the hit it long. Let me run into it. Uh, right. But having him kind of be a part of the buildup was something that it was I maybe mean, obviously Berhalter's comfortable with him because he knows what he can do. And he's also comfortable with what Berhalter is asking him to do. And so I think that's kind of, especially early, way to go I, I do think eventually I kind of commented on this earlier Sargent's going to come in and be the guy up top um, but I think in, in the interim to your point he he is a great sub under Burhalter because he knows what Burhalter is going to ask of him and so he can kind of just kind of play with the nets within the current system where we're kind of looking to do so um, sure. but yeah yeah and if everyone's healthy I mean I think it's still Josie um, Bobby Wood has not scored many goals in recent memory, so he might be on the outside looking in. But yeah, I think Josh Sargent could own that position. Yeah, in the uh, near future. So cool, cool, cool. Well, any uh, last thoughts for you? Um, the, the only thing I think it's good um, maybe call out third. Obviously, three game, three games for Burhalter, three three clean sheets. Um, Again, they probably should have scored. Ecuador probably should have scored at the end, thanks to uh, Reem's error. Uh, but Brooks was able to cover for him. So I think it's just good kind of thing of saying, having the defense shorn up, we, we're, we're keeping the ball. Um, it's just being able to create those chances. So I think we're kind of working our way up the field, whereas defense has maybe figured out midfield, kind of having the possession there has kind of been figured out against the current level of competition. Um, but kind of being able to that final third kind of put everything together. I think that's the, it's the big opportunity, obviously. And it's probably for 95% of soccer teams in the world, that's the, the big opportunity. But I think we've kind of the, just the, the progress that, that Berhalter has shown with essentially two different groups of players in the, over the past three games is, has definitely been very, very encouraging. And I think it's overall, again, I am a, I think I'm the president of the Greg Berhalter fan club. I, I just, it, it's just so, um, uh, like me, I was sitting down watching the game tonight. Like I just excited to kind of see some of the, the things that he's trying to, to kind of instill in the team is, is great. All the, the, before the game, some of the pregame, I guess the, the interviews, obviously they're going to say positive things, but what they were kind of saying about Burhold, there's some of the players, even Plissick kind of how, um, how, how big fans they are of him. I think it's just kind of a great kind of rejuvenation um, for, the, for, the, for the program that's much needed and looking forward to kind of seeing um, how we do Tuesday, then obviously looking ahead to the, the, the Gold Cup in a couple months here. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, from Burhalter's point of view, he's he's never going to be outworked. He's always going to be prepared. And, you know, hopefully the uh, plans actually come together and he's successful. So Now a word from our newest sponsor, the 12th Man Pub, South Charlotte's new home for soccer. Open for all European, North American, and South American games with a full bar, 42 draft beers, plus liquor and wine. Daily lunch and dinner menus with weekend breakfast featuring a full English breakfast with Irish coffee and mimosa specials. Check out their daily food and drink specials while watching all of the games on their 11 TVs. Located at the intersection of Community House and Johnston Road, the 12th Man Pub. We like all sports. We love soccer. All right, the next match is uh, against uh, Chile on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What do you want to see? Not not what what do you think Berhalter yeah. will do, but what does you know the big red beard? What does he want to see it, on Tuesday? I want to see goals, uh, but no, it'll be interesting to see because I think on the, on the some of the I think it was noted that maybe some of the guys won't be there on Tuesday, so it'll be interesting to see how many guys go back to their clubs. Okay, uh, I haven't seen that news. Which which, which players well, might not be there? I don't think they mentioned any players. Specific- 
players specifically on the broadcast. It was just okay. kind of talking about some guys who are naturally transitioning out. Obviously, Weston McKinney is probably not going to play. Um, I thought he didn't have a great game, so I was hoping for ha- to see him again. Um, but um, be interesting. I assume he'll be traveling back um, to, to to Germany. Um, but other than that, I think it's just goals. Being able to see um, again, I think Chile will be the best. Like we, the, the competition is elevated every game. I think Chile will kind of peak with that. And so, or, or Chile will peak with that. And so it'll be interesting to see how we do again against better attackers, how the defense, if it still holds up, if we're able to get a fourth clean sheet, I think that'll be very encouraging. Um, it, it, if Chile's a better team, we're going to be able to possess the ball against a better team. And then obviously being able to score goals and kind of seeing um, how, how we're able to make some adjustments up there, maybe moving um, Pulisic around a little bit, see, seeing if they stay with, uh, I assume they'll stay with Zardes up top, um, kind of figuring out kind of the, the, the Weston McKinney um, kind of role as well as a little bit, I think it was a little bit, I'm not lost, but just in, in, in this system, I think everybody else kind of knew it may seem to kind of fit in to what Berhalter was doing, but he, he was a little lost. Interesting to see, obviously, his injury, how he gets replaced um, on Tuesday. So um, overall, looking forward to kind of the, 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 the progression that's been made over the past three games. Hopefully it'll, be, hopefully it'll continue um, next week. Fantastic. Well, I won't keep you any longer, so you can save up a little bit of this for Tuesday night because we're doing this every – U.S. men's national team match, right? You're committed. You're in. I guess so. That means I have to actually like focus on games now. Like tonight was like the maybe yeah, I was like excitement and looking like looking forward to this, like actually watching the game in the middle of buying a house. So that was awesome. But uh, no, it was good. All right. Well, hopefully when we record okay. Tuesday night, you'll tell us about the new house. You'll have yeah. you know a housewarming party on the books, and you yeah. know we'll, we'll all come okay. over and help paint some walls okay. or something like that. Hopefully it won't need much paint, so we'll see. Hopefully it'll just be kind of hanging out. So we'll have to have, we'll have, to have a, a, a weekend gathering there with everybody. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, as Brad loves to say, um, no matter who you support, let's all work together to grow the game.